It's March 13th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our text today will come from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. As we begin looking into the book of Luke, let's uh, give an overview of what we're going to find here. Luke, of course, is referred to as Dr. Luke because he was, after all, a physician. He was a doctor, probably a Greek, the companion of Paul on some of his journeys. He wrote the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, both of which are records of journeys, Christ's journey to Jerusalem and Paul's journey to Rome. Dr. Luke wrote with the Greeks in mind and presented Jesus Christ as the perfect Son of Man, the compassionate Savior. He mentions women, children, and the poor often in his gospel, and joy and rejoicing are repeated many times. There's also an emphasis on prayer and on God's love for the whole world. Luke addressed both books to Theophilus. His name literally means lover of God. He was a Roman believer, possibly an official, who needed grounding in the faith. Well, Luke's approach is simple. He records our Lord's birth and early life, His baptism and temptation, His ministry in Galilee, His ministry en route to Jerusalem, and His final week of ministry in Jerusalem. As we read the Gospel of Luke, we'll come to love the compassionate Son of Man who cares for those in need and wants His message of salvation to be taken to the whole world. In chapter 1, We'll read about serving. His disappointment at not having a son did not keep Zacharias from serving the Lord. Be faithful. You never know when God's angel may arrive. Zacharias had the faith to keep on praying. But when the answer came, he did not have the faith to accept it. He looked at his limitations rather than God's great power. Unbelief produces silence. Faith opens your mouth in praise to God. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. March 13th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. Most Honorable Theophilus, many people have written accounts about the events that took place among us. They used as their source material the reports circulating among us from the early disciples and other eyewitnesses of what God has done in fulfillment of His promises. Having carefully investigated all these accounts from the beginning, I have decided to write a careful summary for you, to reassure you of the truth of all you were taught. It all begins with a Jewish priest, Zechariah, who lived when Herod was king of Judea, Zechariah was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and now they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary and burn incense in the Lord's presence. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Zechariah was in the sanctuary when an angel of the Lord appeared, standing to the right of the incense altar. 
Zechariah was overwhelmed with fear. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for God has heard your prayer, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice with you at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or hard liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will persuade many Israelites to turn to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah, the prophet of old. He will precede the coming of the Lord, preparing the people for his arrival. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will change disobedient minds to accept godly wisdom. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I know this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was He who sent me to bring you this good news. And now, since you didn't believe what I said, you won't be able to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures that he must have seen a vision in the temple sanctuary. He stayed at the temple until his term of service was over, and then he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Hello, my name is Charles Clayton Graff, known, known as Chucky Hoover. <laughs> I'm one of four children, two sisters, and one brother. I'm the youngest, so growing up, I would watch mom and dad fight badly, causing my brother and my sisters to do drugs. I started drinking behind my mom's back till she found out and got punished for it. Dad died and everything went south. I started using methamphetamines and staying up for days. Led me to start being uncontrolling. And I put dope in front of everything and everybody. All I cared about was the dope. And I would do anything and everything to get it. Mom started using crack cocaine. So I started robbing her and everything that she had. I bought dope from my buddy and leaving his house, I was stopped by the police and got arrested. Got out, found a girl and got engaged and had two kids. Well, that was going good until I started using again. She found out and got into a fight. As soon as I got home, our car, I had a home, I had a car, I had f five years together and I can't see my son now. I started robbing people, led me to kid, led me to jail, and when I got out, and I, when I got out, I was introduced to the refuge. And ever since I got to the refuge, man, it's 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 been a miracle. It's been it's it's been a blessing for me. Like my like my cousin always told me, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and there there's there's definitely light. There, I'm I'm it's, it's beautiful. So, I mean, I just encourage all y'all to do the same thing that I'm doing, and uh, 
I love you guys. That's all I got. Amen. God is behind our working and our willingness to work. He's behind it all. And I hope this encourages you as you fight and struggle against sin and you wonder, am I ever going to move forward? Am I ever going to grow? Am I ever going to stop this? Is this ever going to come to an end? I hope this encourages your heart as it does mine. Think about it for a moment. This is God's work. It was God who regenerated your heart to begin with when you were converted. He was the one that that gave you new desires. That was God doing that. I find great assurance in the fact that I didn't wake up one morning when I was 18 18 years old and say, you know what, I'm gonna start repenting of sin, hating wickedness, living for Jesus, and striving to kill the deeds of the flesh in my life. I didn't just do that. God did that. God changed my heart. God created those new desires in me. And if you're a Christian, he did it for you. He did that. He's behind it all. He regenerated your heart when you were converted. He was the one that gave you the faith, gave you the gift of faith and justified you when you believed in the gospel. He's the one that says, that one there, he's trusted in my son. I declare him righteous through the merits of Jesus. He regenerated you. He justified you. He gave you the faith to believe. And it was God that will progressively sanctify you as well. You can strive, you can exert all your energy to fight, to kill sin and obey Christ. And at the same time, you can fully and absolutely be assured that you are accepted by God, not on the basis of your efforts and your performance, but on the basis and performance of Christ in your place. You can strive And by his power, your effort, he's empowering, by his power that is empowering your effort, you can become more and more like Jesus. Better than that, you will become more and more like Jesus because it's his power. Psalm 56, verses 1 through 13. David prayed this prayer while he was in danger in enemy country. After God delivered him, he wrote Psalm 34 as an expression of praise. When you're in the midst of trouble, remember these truths about God that you're about to hear about as we read. Number one, God sees where you are. David should not have been in Gath to begin with. But the Lord was gracious to go with him and help him. God understands your situation far better than you do. We'll also find out that God knows how you feel. He not only knows your tears, but he records them and retains them. Why? So that one day he may transform them into gems of joy and glory. You know, no tears are ever wasted when you follow the Lord. We'll also learn that God hears when you call. Terrors and tears must be handled with trust. But be sure your motive is not just deliverance. He delivers us that we might delight in Him and serve Him. The highest purpose of prayer is the glory of God. 
Psalm chapter 56, verses 1 through 13. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time the Philistines seized him in Gath, to be sung to the tune, Dove on Distant Oaks. O God, have mercy on me. The enemy troops press in on me. My foes attack me all day long. My slanderers hound me constantly, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. O God, I praise your word. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? They are always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting ways to harm me. They come together to spy on me, watching my every step, eager to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness. In your anger, O God, throw them to the ground. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. On the very day I call to you for help, my enemies will retreat. This I know. God is on my side. O oh God, I praise your word. Yes, Lord, I praise your word. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 8. God rescues the godly from danger, but he lets the wicked fall into trouble.